Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Welcome to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. The Miami Dolphins have started the season 3-0, and but we are just days away from a pivotal divisional bout between the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills taking place in upstate New York. So Joshua, we are getting ready for arguably the biggest game of the season and we're only four weeks in and here we are statement games. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's Friday afternoon and we're here talking about the Dolphins. Uh, don't know if you can hear the kid in the background. She's playing Bluey, but she's also excited for this weekend's game. So um, we know that we haven't had much success against the Buffalo Bills. You know, I think they won two of the last 13 games against um, the Bills. So uh, what better way than to go out there and prove that you're for real this year? Some people are still down the Dolphins. Heavyweight matchup, Jake. This is like WrestleMania main event. And it's week four. So I'm absolutely ecstatic. And anytime I get to see your handsome face and talk Dolphins football, it's a good day. How have you been, man? It's been a fun week to really think about this Miami Dolphins team, where the ceiling is and how they can reach that mountaintop that we so desperately want to see at least once in our life. Josh, you score 70 points. It's hard not to, you know, just absorb all the content you can that following week. I, I was listening to an NFL Network segment and they were discussing how um, uh, Miami is uh, changing offenses, just kind of like Steve Kerr and um, uh Steph Curry did for the Golden State Warriors with like the three-point shooting and that really just got me thinking Josh and you know you have kids of the next generation right there's I, I don't know what's after Gen Z what do we call that Gen AA something like that we're just gonna go Gen AA for this for this conversation these kids like we we are all up in arms right now that the game of basketball has been ruined by this three-point shooting so when we're comparing this offense to the Golden State Warriors I'm just want to get your thoughts knowing that you're gonna your daughters are gonna grow up in a world where all the boys our system quarterbacks. How does that make you feel? Um, a little uneasy. I don't even want to think about boys and my girls growing up with them. But it's funny to see the way that the entire NFL is running with this. I don't know if you saw, but Kyle Shanahan was talking to his presser about this new motion that you know Mike McDaniel's kind of developed. He was calling it the cheat. That's what they call it, I guess, in San Francisco. But San Francisco used it. Sean McVay and the Rams used it. So um, I think Kyle Shanahan said we're probably going to see the entire NFL adapt that moving forward. But um, yeah. And to, to your point, man, hasn't people already compared to a team by Lola kind of to a point guard like Steph Curry that kind of delivers the ball out there to his playmaker? So I love that um, you brought that into this. I'm admittedly not a basketball guy, but I do understand what you're saying. And, um, yeah, it's going to be weird having everyone grow up and assist as a system quarterback in Mike McDaniel's system, right? That's the weirdest part, that this guy's, um, you know, that next level of NFL head coach. It's starting to, you know, unravel these new wrinkles that no one's even thought of for how many years? Back in my day, we had these rocket arms of Dan Marino, Justin Herbert even, and now all we have is system quarterbacks. Not my NFL, not my NFL indeed. Josh, I think the best place to start the conversation about this matchup is taking a little trip into the time machine. The last time the Miami Dolphins won in Buffalo, Josh, was... Any idea? No, I didn't know if I locked up, if my screen froze. I was like, is he asking me another question? I, I don't know, man. I, I That wasn't the game where he skipped a rock to Charles Clay like his rookie year, right? So it had to be a long time ago. Tell me when it was, Jake. It's been a while. 2016, Matt Moore was the quarterback going up against Tyrod Taylor. Matt Moore had two touchdowns and interception. And the story of the game was Jay Jay, like it was that entire 2016 season. 32 carries, 260 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Andrew Frank's game winner in overtime. I remember this game. I think it might have been um, I 
here I am being a great journalist. I put I didn't put down the date, but I think this was like Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, and fives were just so high because this was um a couple days after or a couple of games after Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and that's why Matt Moore was in. Tannehill was done for the season. So uh I have a couple names here. Kenyon Drake, four carries, 56 yards and a touchdown. Miami's leading tackler of the day, Michael Thomas. He's still in the league. He's still hanging around. And here's the name, Josh, that you are going to love. He had 10 tackles, one and a half tackles for a loss as the Buffalo Bills fell to the Miami Dolphins. In 2016, that safety was Bakari Rambo. It definitely froze up there. Which safety Which safety was it? Bakari Rambo. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, dude, just hearing these names makes you realize how far this Dolphins team has come, right? I mean, and I'm sitting there watching the Madden ratings and two of my lowest Madden overall going up, and I'm like, dude, I've been playing Madden for like 30 years, and this is the best quarterback we've had since Marino. So it's just a wild times, man. But we, it feels like we have not beat them. And that Andrew Franks game, did he hit one before that to send him to overtime? Or was that didn't he, Was that the game where he had like a knuckleball that went in and it was like this epic field goal? It's been so long. I can't remember. But, dude, hopefully Devon A. Chan, Devon a. Chan could go out there and um, have that 200-yard performance like we saw from jji because um you know buffalo's gonna try to stop that passing game and we saw what happened last week when you try to do that the dolphins have struggled in buffalo and jji the point was made you need a big big statement performance to come out of buffalo with a win josh i gotta ask you how on earth is this game not in prime time and yet we're stuck dealing with the giants every single year no matter what's happening it, it, it to me is the craziest part because you're looking at this entire slate of games for the day Started with the palate cleanser of Atlanta, Jacksonville, London. Absolutely. I'm on board for that. But man, Toy Story. Get- That's a Toy Story game. Did you hear about that? It's going to be on Are Disney. You- it's going to be like the Andy's toys playing and stuff. Like, Are you going to watch? I was actually, I want to stop and talk about this. I'm happy you brought it up. Are you going to watch that? Because I, <laughs> I, th- I think I might watch that over the. Yeah, I think I have to. I think I have to at least see if the kids get into it. And I just kind of enjoy watching it, seeing how they pulled off i mean i don't understand how you do that you know in today's age with digital and things like that so um it should be interesting just like those nick games but yeah man when i saw it i was just dying and i don't know if you saw someone tweet but like they said if someone says andy does everyone just fall on the ground during the game and and i was just like okay that's pretty good i forget who said that but i saw them dude toy story is so awesome pixar just completely just changed everything uh but yeah this deserves to be a primetime game each of the three matchups between these two teams last year decided by three points or less. By the time you get to four o'clock, you're looking at Arizona and San Francisco. That's super exciting. I guess Dallas and New England is okay. But man, Sunday night football, Kansas City and New York, and then Monday night football, Seattle and New York. Dude, those are so gross. We, we got to call Roger Goodell. We got to get him on the line. Yeah, and I mean, the way they're flexing other games, I don't know why they can't just, you know, put it in place and figure out a way to not have, I think I saw one of those maps, like half the country, over half the country is getting like the Bears and Broncos game. Who wants to watch that? Like, no, nobody in the world wants to see that after what we witnessed last week and, you know, how Justin Fields is struggling. So this should absolutely be a primetime game. I don't know if, you know, when they looked at the schedule, if they thought maybe the Dolphins were going to slip up at the beginning of the year, like maybe I did. I think I said they were going to be 2-2, and but they're 3-0, and baby. They're going into Buffalo, and they look like the hottest team in football. So, I mean, I feel like we've been here before. I think there was a time when the Dolphins were 3-0 and with Tannehill, and they played the New Orleans Saints on Monday yep, Night Monday Football night. and got absolutely destroyed. And then from there, it was just, like, so disheartening. But this is a different team now. So I, I feel like this is that heavyweight battle that we really want to see, and they should definitely put it on primetime, man. No one wants to watch Giants, Jets, any of that stuff. And, you know, as soon as Rodgers went down, now we're stuck with Zach Wilson, right, and Taylor Swift. 
Do you remember that uh, 3-0 year? Because there was a certain tight end that caught a game-winning touchdown in the back of the end zone against the Atlanta Falcons to go to 3-0. That was like such a big game. I hate 20... to do this. Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, no, I kind of forgot all about that. But I just remember like all day we, you'd watch uh, ESPN and they'd do the pregame and talk about the Dolphins and you're getting so excited. And then they got their butt kicked and it hurt a little bit. Before we get into the X's and O's, Joshua, I do want to run through some injuries. Uh, River Craycraft, Eric Azukama, Jalen Phillips did not practice on Thursday, and we have since learned that Jalen Phillips will be out for the game. I'm going to assume River Craycraft is going to be out too. It sounded like he's going to need some time before he comes back. And I think Mike McDaniel even said IR is in the discussion. I don't know if it's made it to the table yet, but it's on the discussion. Um, Salvan Ahmed and Connor Williams, however, Josh, are back practicing limited. It's going to be kind of a wait and see how we feel uh, with them, both of them dealing with groin injuries. Yeah, I mean, it sucks Jalen Phillips is out, but again, with the way Andrew Van Ginkle's been stepping up, I had written down that Emmanuel Ogba looked really good last week into his hand in the dirt and doing some of those things that, you know, we expected from when we gave him that monster contract. Um, I don't know if you mentioned, but Jordan Poyer's also out for the Bills, which is a huge loss for them in that defense. going to get to the Bills after, I'm, tough I'm, guy. I'm sorry. I, I, I jumped the gun. But um, I do think Mike McDaniel said Connor Williams and Toronto Armstead would be practiced today, and then they'd kind of uh, see what the fate lies with that. So hopefully they're both out there because, again, Liam Meikenberg didn't look terrible last week. I wasn't even sure that he was in the game at some point you know you mentioned but um uh yeah you don't want that against that bill's defensive line i mean this is everyone keeps saying this offensive line only gave up one sack you know two has been clean this whole season this is the true test and to a point you know they played some really good pass rushers but this will be the biggest test of the year and if you want to beat the bills you got to keep two upright safety jordan poyer Josh read my mind here. He is out for the game. Uh, Leonard Floyd, Micah Hyde, two other guys who did not practice on Wednesday. They actually returned and were on were full participants in practice on Thursday. So that kind of felt like rest days. That pretty much summarizes it where you where we stand about the injuries, Josh. Any of these guys really um yeah. Connor Williams is the one that stands out the most. It's a bummer about Jalen Phillips because you think about facing someone like Josh Allen, who's just a, a freak of nature. You, you like having Bradley Chubb on one side and Jalen Phillips, just very two huge physical guys who can bring him down. Um, obviously, I won't be one to doubt what uh, Andrew Van Ginkle can do on the football field, though. No, and I mean, I think that's what you're going to miss with Jalen Phillips. And I guess not really miss, but he had that motor that just never quit. And I guess that's kind of where you get from Andrew Van Ginkle and some of those other guys. But it always just seemed like Jalen Phillips would be chasing Josh Allen down from behind and making some of those, um, you know, key plays that, you know, were the difference in this one. So it does suck he's out, but you'd rather him get healthy, you know, for later in the year when you get a Jalen Ramsey back, when you're going to be trying to make this legit playoff push. So I'm okay with them taking things easy. Um, and I, I do want to see the way the Dolphins go out there and, you know, adapt to this, right? I mean, the Bills offense, man, is so good. I, I don't know where you want to go from here, but I have a couple stats written down. It just seems like um, even pro football focus has them rated higher than the Dolphins offense, which is a little surprising to me. And obviously their defense is ranked higher. So I don't know your feelings going into this, Jake, but you got to be able to stop Josh Allen if you want to have any chance. It starts and ends with Josh Allen. Let's do it. Let's do Miami's defense versus the Buffalo Bills offense to get things started. Josh Allen on the season, five touchdowns and four interceptions. He also has a rushing touchdown. Josh, this is very interesting because Josh Allen has not looked good whatsoever so far this season. He's had some real up and down type moments. Uh, let's start with that game against the New York Jets to begin the season and against Jet, uh, Zach Wilson. The, the Bills led that game, Josh, 13 to six at halftime. And, and can I read to you the following drives that the Bills offense had at halftime? We had interception, punt. Interception, fumble, field goal, and then overtime, they punted, 
and that punt was returned for a touchdown. So their offense had a really hard time against the New York Jets. Things really cleaned up quite a bit when you look at the Raiders and Washington, where they were able to kind of go out and really just separate themselves. But it does start and end with Josh Allen because he is that superhuman. I like to joke, yes, he has four or five touchdowns to the four interceptions. That offense can really sputter out of control at times. But don't don't take my jokes as, as uh, you know, doubting what that offense can do. They have a lot of firepower over there. Yeah, I don't know about you, man, but I've had a lot of growth since um, those early years of Josh Allen making fun of him. I think there were times when he like threw a ball out and the, you know, uh, threw the ball away on a third down or something. I'm like, oh, he's overthrew his target, and we make all these jokes about him. But let's be honest, he's a top three quarterback when he's playing at a high level. And I do think part of this might be that Madden curse that got him. So um, I have written down. You mentioned it, man. He's been a killer against the Dolphins. I think he only lost two games. And I get again, it was the one where he skipped it to Charles Clay, and then that game last year where he skipped a rock at the goal line. Um, but he has. 2,684 yards, 27 touchdowns, and five interceptions against the Dolphins in his career. He's absolutely owned us. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know how we're going to stop him because the biggest thing is his ability to use those legs to, you know, get out in the outside and, and make plays. And I know last time I think I was out there tweeting Channing Tindall's spy game, and we all know how that went. So um, I have written down who is going to spy this MF for Jake because to me, is it going to be Javon Holland, who we've seen down in the box a lot? Are you going to see Jerome Baker get more on his plate? Maybe David Long Jr.? You got to have someone spying Josh Allen and account for those legs because, um, you know, no matter what regime came through here, it seems like we've always been gashed by these quarterbacks that have mobility to him. So um, he is the adult threat quarterback, right? I mean, he has that explosive rocket arm. Um, I like our chances with our secondary, but I feel like him and his legs are where you got to stop. But you mentioned him, man. He has made a bunch of mistakes. And if you can pressure him and force him to make some of those stupid mistakes that so far, we haven't seen from Tua Tagovailoa, right? We haven't seen him make those mistakes, a ball into the linebacker's chest yet. But um, pressure Josh Allen and force him to make some mistakes. And I, I think the Dolphins can run away with this one, but it's going to be such a tough matchup, man. And Josh Allen's so damn good. Can you hear the vacuum? No. Can you hear the baby coon? <laughs> oh, wow, dude. We are. This is awesome podcasting. We can't hear either of it. So we're doing good. That We just nice. got our own approval. Uh, Stefan Diggs has two 100 yard games so far this season, Josh. And he lines up quite a bit in the slot. He lines up all over the field. He has that versatility and physicality to be really a mismatch no matter who is at cornerback. It's interesting because Xavier Howard, I think he might have a bounce back game. He completely struggled against the Denver Broncos. I think Russell Wilson, and if you really want to talk about that Denver passing attack, it didn't look too bad last year. And that might be a little sign for concern when you consider that, hey, X had a bad game, but he also has two other games where he allowed a quarterback rating sub of 80. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on do we feel that the Dolphins are going to have to make things work in the secondary until Jalen Ramsey comes back. Are they going to have a slight weakness here or there, a mismatch in that secondary? Or is this something they can figure out as we see someone with Javon Holland coming in coverage a lot more often than we have in the past? Yeah, I mean, that's the true test here. And I had that quote down from you. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you want to read it, but the one oh, from – do you have you don't have the Vic Fangio quote that you were saying about him shadowing? Um, he, he was asked if he was going to have you know Xavier Howard potentially shadow Stefan Diggs or whatever it might be. And he said it's doable and I've done it a lot in my career. And then a lot of times I haven't. I don't think with our team right now it's something that we would do, but it could be down the line. And you mentioned in our uh, little DM that you thought that's you know saying once Jalen Ramsey comes back, you might be seeing these guys shadowing being Peter Pan shadow. But um, I've written down last year verse um, Stefan Diggs X allowed six of ten targets for fifty eight yards, three pass breakups. I think he gave up a touchdown to Gabe Davis um, in one of those games last year. But I, I do like this matchup, and I do want to see the way Cater Kohu matches up against him, right? When he goes to the other side, if they don't shadow him with Xavier Howard, how is that matchup? And then Gabe Davis, he's a guy who only has nine catches this year, 
159 yards, but he does have two touchdowns. And I don't want to say he's, you know, he's definitely not an elite wide receiver or that upper echelon, but he, he can make some plays he and he's a guy, you got, he's a guy you got to account for. So when you look at this matchup with the Miami secondary, I feel like the dolphins, you know, should have the upper advantage here. But again, when you have a guy like freaking um, Josh Allen back there, dropping back to throw anything could happen. So, Oh man, X versus Stefan Diggs. I wish you would let him shat him. Cause that would be something that, you know, you'd get your popcorn ready. You'd enjoy that. You, you would, you wouldn't be queasy seeing that you, you'd trust Xavier Howard. I don't, I don't know if I trust him anymore, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you might be right. I'm really interested to see what they do with the secondary because Cater Coe, who's been awesome. Uh, Eli Apple played just four snaps last week against Praise Denver the Broncos. And I read something on CBS that he was taken out of the game for a possible concussion. And then it was heard on Monday that he was confirmed he didn't have a concussion. But I haven't really read that much else anywhere but it does make sense if he'd only play four snaps. Justin Bethel came in, Joshua, and played, I think it was 65% of snaps. He allowed both of his targets to be caught for a whopping seven yards of reception. So, I mean, it's hard to really think about that Denver game and think of the place pieces in that secondary and wonder where the progress is and different things like that because it's, when you win by 50, everything's just going to be super warped. Uh, but I'd like to get your thoughts, slot cornerback or – Let's just say the third cornerback, because if it's two, it's Cater Kohu and it's Xavier Howard. But who do you feel is that safe third cornerback? Because I know in the past you have kind of started to feel you've, you've soured on Apple. Yeah, I think I've soured on Apple. And I think maybe it's because you realize that the other fit. Um, yeah, I think I soured on Apple, you know, based on this performance and then based on what I remember hearing from other fan bases. I mean, a lot of fan bases, you know, were down on Eli Apple when he was out there, I guess. The question is, who do I see as that slot nickel guy? I think Justin Bethel did a really good job last week, like you mentioned. I think that could be his role, but I think at some point they want to get Cam Smith back out there, right? And he's shown that he can play inside and outside. So, um, yeah, I think it should be Justin Bethel in this one, but anything could happen. Cam Smith is an interesting one because Vic Fangio was asked about him a couple days ago, and he said a lot of the reason why Cam Smith was inactive had to do with you need these cornerbacks to be able to play on special teams. The Dolphins only have three active safeties. so the best ability is availability and that's what the dolphins were really leaning on last week i wouldn't necessarily it was a negative thing for cam smith but um when they need just like that solidified uh cornerback and they're not asking for too too much else that's when i think we'll start to see him get some opportunities but that too is why i think we saw a lot of good things from justin bethel is because someone like javon holland josh has really really taken a different approach to the game this year he's being used a lot more as a slot cornerback slot in coverage and People forget when he was in college as a as a duck in college, he actually lined up as a slot cornerback quite a bit. And he's already lined up in the slot 39 times this season. That's more than his rookie total of 36. He's currently on pace for 221 snaps. That is coming off a sophomore season where he lined up 102 snaps in the slot. So he's on pace to be a slot cornerback twice as often as he was a year ago. And he's actually doing a lot of good things because Yes, he's in coverage. He's actually out at a 100% completion rate, I think it was. Let me take a look here. Uh, he's been targeted 13 times. Excuse me. Not, not. I think he's allowed eight receptions on 13 targets. And opposing quarterbacks are completing 65% of their passes for an average of 8.1 yards per attempt. And while those numbers might not seem too flashy, keep in mind he had two uh, – forced fumbles against the Denver Broncos last year. So what we're seeing out of someone like Javon Holland is Vic Fangio just putting him around the play, right? 
He is just going to be that guy, no matter what the offense is doing, you have to know where Javon Holland is because he can come and just ruin your day. And so when you have Justin Bethel lining up as a slot quarter on the other side, you can maybe not not all the time but interchange those guys just a little bit because i do think justin bethel has some experience at safety and vic vangio loves 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 his flexibility and you really just see how uh, javon holland can be that queen on the chessboard and just move in any direction and wipe out any piece yeah i got carried away with the kids so i don't know if i missed this but you did a nice little write-up on the finsider about javon holland and everything he's done and just how you know seamless this transition has been right i mean he looks so good in this new defense you're right he's dropping down the box much more he's doing a lot, little bit more things there so I, I like the versatility with a lot of these guys you know justin bethel deshaun Elliott. you can move him around as well out there so this secondary should be able to clamp down but you mentioned javon holland i mean this dude is playing like out of this world right i mean he looks like an absolute stud all pro i think he said that, you know, you know, you made it when Baldy does a breakdown on you and then Baldy did a breakdown that. on him. So you had to love that. Javon Holland, man, he's just he's got to be one of your favorite players and he's always out there making plays. I want to see him impact this one. And honestly, I, I think you do have to use him in situations to spy Josh Allen just because he is that difference maker. But then again, I mean, you got some tight ends over there that you're going to have to account for with Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, those guys. I mean, how, how do you match up with that, Jake? I mean, we've seen us struggle in the past with tight ends. And I know that that used to be Eric Rose gig. So, I mean, Javon Holland lining up on tight ends, I, I don't know what they do there. That That's a tough question. I do think Javon Holland against someone like Dawson Knox is a good matchup. I think that's a matchup I'd take um, mo most of the time. Um, but I think more than anything, Josh, it really is going to be one in the trenches. If you can get Josh Allen running around scrambling, if he can sit there in, in the pocket and know he is comfortable, he's just going to sit there and pick you apart. He can throw to any spot on the field, no problem with ease. Um, you have to get his head moving. You got to get him panicked just a little bit. Um, that's why a couple things to keep in mind. He wasn't sacked once against the Washington Commanders. They have a good front four, and he wasn't sacked once. Uh, James Cook, on top of that, he has more than 95 yards in back-to-back -back rushing games. So how do you feel this front four, especially without someone like Jalen Phillips, can really – mess with Josh Allen in this offense and as a whole because once you start messing with Josh Allen the fumbles the turnovers and that really can swing a game yeah I mean I think we need to see more pressuring right I mean we know that the Dolphins don't like to blitz as much as Josh Boyer did and uh, I think Vic Fangio you know he's been pretty successful when he has sent the blitz so maybe you blitz a little bit more but then I mean that's a double-edged sword right you blitz and Josh Allen sees where it's coming from and he's just going to pick you apart so I really think like you mentioned and we could say it every week right the battle's won in the trenches it's the most cliche thing in the world but it really is I mean the Dolphins have a very good defensive line um I looked at some of the PFF ratings of the uh Bills offensive line and I don't know that I was you know it, I, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I mean? I think it's a matchup where the Dolphins could um, execute and find ways to pressure up the middle. You mentioned James Cook. I mean, that guy's been playing very good this year. It makes you wonder. Um, I think he kind of space jammed his brother and Dalvin's on his way out. And now James Cook's that new um, dynamic playmaker. But if you can stop him, I mean, they don't really have anybody outside that. Damian Harris hasn't really done much this year. I think I'd written down like nine carries. If that, I don't think James Cook has a touchdown on the season. So they're going to try to beat you with the passing game. So, um, yeah, you got to pressure Josh Allen all day, get in his face, hit him, make him make some of those dumb mistakes that we've seen in the past. Wasn't there a fumble last year that he like kicked around or something? Um, I, I can't remember. They all blend together, but pressure the hell out of Josh Allen and make him uncomfortable. And I think good things will come. Zach, uh, Zach Sealer fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, Josh, this was on NFL Network. Josh Allen against the Denver Broncos when Vic Fangio was the head coach in 2019. He completed 60% of passes for 241 yards and two touchdowns. 
2020, 70% of passes for 392 yards and four touchdowns. Josh, those are absolute monster numbers, but the simple spin zone is Josh Allen was an absolute world beater, right? This was a team that was being talked about as a Super Bowl contender for about three years. And since they've really struggled to reach that mountain mountaintop, they are coming into these games with something to prove. They see the 3-0 Dolphins like, hey, like, you want to stop talking about us in the AFC uh, championship picture? That's that's a problem, and we're going to show you that's a problem. So I do like what you think about the Bills are really going to lean on Josh Allen just to throw the football nonstop. Um, and when you hear those numbers about how Allen has done against those Denver defenses that Vic Fangio was controlling, what is the deciding factor? I mean, I, I, I saw those stats going around, and I don't know how much, you know, you can't put too much stock into that stuff, right? I mean, it's all, so yeah, yeah, it's stats are stats. I mean, take it with everything with a grain of salt, but I think it's just going to be the different personnel and the, uh, the way Vic Fangio is going to be attacking this one. I mean, I don't want to say he had a vendetta last week, you know, against um the, the Broncos, but it kind of seemed that way a little bit. He went out there and his defense, you know, showed out, and he wants to go up there this week and prove that this Dolphins team is legit, prove that that defense can slow down a juggernaut like, uh, Josh Allen in that Buffalo Bills offense. So I, I think the personnel, I think just how different this Dolphins team is and, you know, those Denver Broncos teams, you know, the Bears teams that he coached, some of those other guys, I feel like they're going to have a game plan for Josh Allen. It all just depends on, you know, whether or not they can execute and what Josh Allen does. Because, again, this guy can make plays that other quarterbacks can't, but at the same time he makes some mistakes that other quarters, quarterbacks might not. So, again, attack, attack, attack Josh Allen until he's, until he's on the ground. Are you ready to talk about Tua? You want to talk a little bit about this Miami Dolphins offense? Always. You know that. We have to start. He is back. Jalen Waddell has cleared concussion protocol. He will return to action. He is joining an offense that averaged 10.2 yards per play last week. You are adding a former first-round pick to an offense that averaged 10.2 yards per play last week. Josh, I have a feeling you look at what Jalen Waddle has done this year. He hasn't really had his breakout game, right? He hasn't had a, had a score to touchdown. I'm calling my shot right now. I think this is the Jalen Waddle breakout game. I think the entire world is going to try to stop Tyree Kill. They're talking about how fast Raheem Moster is, how fast Devon Chain is. Rightfully so. Here comes the Penguin. I think he's going to have a big day. Yeah, you called your shot, I think, earlier in the week, too. So, I mean, I have him going in fantasy. I'm ready for it, and I think he's ready for it. I mean, I think everyone's going to be accounting for what Tyree Kill has done. I think, you know, he's been going super, super say on this year. 25, 35 targets for 412 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that sounds like season stats for some wide receivers. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy what he's been able to do. So, with the defense's game planning for that, you got Jalen Waddle out there now. I mean, maybe you mix Robbie Chosen back in there. I'm I'm not sure what happens there, but the way Tua Tungvalu has been playing has just been out of this world. Um 1,024 yards, eight touchdowns. He won AFC Offensive Player of the Month uh, yesterday. So, I mean, it's just crazy how awesome this offense has started. And I do think you're right, man. Jalen Waddle back in that lineup. This offense is going to look much different than it did last week when it scored 70 points. And that's just that's just crazy to say. Raheem Moster, Devon Achan combined for 90 receiving yards last week. I already know I messed it up once. My bad. Uh, higher or lower? 90 yards, Miami's running backs get in the receiving game with Jalen Waddle back. Probably lower. I think lower. But again, I think that, you know, the success to is having, it's taking that easy stuff and letting those guys go out there and make plays. So maybe it's just this new uh, mentality that he has where he is going to start being a check down merchant like so many people thought he was at the beginning of his career. 
quarterback. Yeah. 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 System quarterback. You know, how dare he check down when everyone else is covered and, and let them get 15, 20. Like that Stephen Rees guy from the, the ringer. I mean, he's still on it and trying to discredit what two is doing. It's like, dude, just say you're wrong at one point. You know, you don't have to sit here and, and pick him apart and show these one chart after another. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited to see what Tua does against this defense because this is, you know, this is the best defense they faced this year and, and they're going to be bringing it. Is it? Is it though? They faced the Jets. They're last in the NFL, averaging 14 points per game. They faced the Raiders. How about 15 points a game? Washington, the team they had four interceptions against, they're 19th. Sam Howell was sacked nine times last week. PFF credited four of those sacks to Sam Howell. He sacked himself <laughs> four times. Now, again, I'm joking, but what I'm trying to get at here is the Dolphins found a way to get, win against New England. Uh, Tyreek Hill has two games with at least 150 receiving yards. Neither of them were against a divisional rival. Against the Pats, he had five receptions for 40 yards. I think the Bills are going to do everything they can to stop Tyreek Hill. It's in a divisional game. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to look a lot more like that Patriots game. Uh, Miami could break it open, and it, he, they could completely get me to shut up. But for right now, I'm looking at this like an Divisional game, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be sloppy. That's why I think Jalen Waddle is going to get involved here. Uh, but, man, this is actually like a big test for this Bills defense, too. I look at Tredavious White. He had an interception last week. He's allowed two interceptions or two touchdowns this season. But then I see against the Jets, two missed tackles. Little situations like that I, I get a little interested in. Is this where Miami can maybe break things open, seeing that, hey, Trey White, solid in coverage, Nine receptions on 14 targets, 60 yards, 6.7 yards per reception allowed. Can Miami just find those little holes where the Bills are known to allow completions? The run defense allows big plays as well. It's just getting two or three of those, maybe in a half even. With the offense that scores 35 points, that's very possible. So to me, I kind of look at the big play opportunities as where Miami can wedge their way into making this um, a 14-point ball game and making the Bills like just on their heels. I used to do cutups. I believe Devontae Parker put in Trey White in a, in a blender. So, I mean, I, I like the Dolphins' odds in this, but you mentioned, you know, picking apart those windows. A lot of that stuff comes over the middle of the field, and that's, I think, what might be the most scary about this Bills defense is Matt Milana and uh, Terrell Bernard, I think, is the other guy. Um, yep. His team in tackles with 24. Matt Milana has those two interceptions. So, you know, in my head, I'm just getting that uh, PTSD and it, I'm not even going to say it, but over the middle is where, you know, the Dolphins love their bread and butter, and those linebackers are very good in coverage. So it's going to be a battle, man. And then we didn't even talk about the offensive line, which is going to be, you know, maybe the biggest battle of this whole thing is how they handle these guys. But before we get into that, Jake, I want to know, how do you see them attacking this Bills defense? Do you think they lean more on the passing game? Do you think they lean more on the run game like we saw last week? I mean, obviously it depends on what the Bills do, whether they play those three high safeties like we saw, uh, I believe, New England try to take away the big play, or whether they, you know, don't load the box like, Denver did last week. I mean, how do you think the Dolphins will attack this Phil's defense and the baby's excited? I kind of think of it the same way I did the Denver game. I think you're going to start out just passing the ball right away. I think you're going to try to get the big plays out of the way early. Um, someone I have starred here is Teron Johnson, a 27-year-old slot corner. He is allowing a 100% completion percentage, um, but that's only five, five receptions, 5.3 yards per reception. So again, Josh, what they do is they they limit plays. And what the Dolphins did last week is they made you aware really quick that they're really fast. So to me, I don't think they're going to try to get the, I don't know, 17-yard stretch runs right away. I think they're going to know they can get those down the road. I think they're going to want to right away test that Bills secondary. Can they keep up? 
might not even be Tyreek Hill. Just making sure they're aware very early about how explosive this offense can be, how fast these guys can go. And even if they don't connect, I wouldn't be surprised if you see two, three shots a little further down the field early on just to try to create that early separation where you can allow the run game to dictate things uh, second half and, and really start to squeeze that clock. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mentioned the offensive line kind of being that big battle. I mean, we like what we've seen out of our offensive line, right? Assuming Teron Armstead's out there, Connor Williams. You know, even when Liam Leichenberg was out there, it didn't look terrible. Um, but we're, yeah, who would have thought? I mean, dude, I'm, I'm glad I have an egg on my face for being wrong about some of these guys, especially if they continue. But, I mean, that Bills front four is absolutely, you know, scary. Leonard Floyd, three and a half sacks, leads the team to Quan Jones. Defense tackle, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau. I mean, they got a bunch of studs up there. And, I mean, we saw what this – offensive line could do against like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and they've held they've held their own against some very good pass rushers but I feel like this Bills defense is hungry and they made example out of some of these other guys you mentioned Sam Howe I mean he looked like you know a deer in the headlights but like you mentioned some of those was just him holding on to that ball way too long and I don't think that's something we have to truly worry about with Tua Tagovailoa. so oh man awesome chess match and I'm just excited to see one of the best defensive play callers in football going against you know arguably one of the best offensive or the best offensive play caller in football at least that's what I'm gonna say Dude, Sam Howell just imploded. There, there's really no other way to say it. And and something to keep in mind, too, with these blowouts, there are these little stats that you just kind of want to follow out. I mean, it's early in, early in the season. We don't have a lot of numbers to go on, so things are going to be skewed. Brian Robinson against the Bills, seven yards per carry. Obviously, Washington couldn't you know run the ball too much when you're down 30 points. Uh, but just something to keep in mind, too, that the Bills have that defensive line might be a little, little aggressive. And I think that's something the Miami Dolphins can take advantage of. Um, Josh, who leads the Miami Dolphins on receiving on a Sunday? Yards or, yeah, I guess yards, right? Your yards and targets and things. Like that. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. I still think, you know, Jalen Waddle, like you mentioned, you said, what, one, two touchdowns? How many were you calling? I, th I think he might have more touchdowns than Hill. But, I mean, the way Tua targets uh, Hill, even though um, Waddle's his boy and they have that, you know, chemistry and stuff like that, I mean, he is just force-feeding Tyreek Hill, those footballs. And I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but um, Tyreek Hill ran the wrong route on that one touchdown pass early in the game. And Tua comes up and he's like, yo, bro, what, what was that? And it's just – Awesome to see the way this team is. But, yeah, I'll go with uh, Tyreek Hill leading the team unless maybe, you know, Robbie Chosen or someone like that comes out of nowhere. I'm just I'm just trying to throw that Robbie Chosen hype out there. Bro, did you notice the Kunga line? He was just like the funniest part about the Kunga line picture is you just see Robbie Chosen just off to the side. just watching it, was a, it. it was a Squidward meme, right? He's like watching him have fun. He has no idea. He's like, no one told me this. I wasn't even sure I was going to play today. No one told me there was a celebration. You kind of felt bad for him. Oh, man. Yeah, no, Tyree Kill is going to lead the team in targets and receptions. Um, the Dolphins blow the Bills out if Jalen Waddell leads the game in yards. No matter what, Tyree Kill is going to lead the team in, in targets and receptions. Um, this is going to be a tough game, but I do see a few mismatches where the Dolphins kind of get the upper hand. And something, too, I want to talk about, Josh, before we wrap up here is don't you kind of wish that the September game was in Miami and the December game was in Buffalo? It just kind of feels like it just adds another level to the to rivalry. And I think that stuff's very important in sports. Yeah, we all love uh, hearing Bills fans cry about how hot it is down here and sweating their butts off. And, I mean, we're not playing in the snow game, so, I mean, it's cool to see. But I'm sure the Dolphins are glad they're down here. Uh, they're going up there in September. Um, I guess, is it October? Would it be October? When's October 1st? Wait, okay. wait, is it October 1st? Oh, geez, this is great. I think it, third days in September. I think it is October 1st, right? Okay. So October, yep. they're going up there in October night. Dude, sorry, October. Um, yeah, I, I do wish we did because that's what makes football fun, right? Those home field elements, things like that, seeing snow on the ground. I mean, uh, we all love watching Raheem Mostert bulldoze over dudes with the snow coming down. And um, 
before we get two out of here, Jake, which guy do you see leading that running back room? I mean, we saw, uh, I believe, A-Chan had the um, more touches last week, and he kind of rode the hot hand, but Raheem Mostert, he also had, what, four touchdowns and went ballistic. So give me your opinion, man. Who do you think leads that running back room? It's hard to imagine Mostert not being the number one uh, running back. I mean, 6.3 yards per carry, three touchdowns. But, I mean, A-Chan, you look at it, 18 attempts, 203 yards, two touchdowns. You do wonder how someone, like, having Jalen Waddle back impacts things, too. Is that, do you reach a point where there's too much speed? You can only have so much speed on the football field? Like, does the meter cap out? I mean, it's like Madden. You can only go so fast. Yeah, that's a good question. And then it, you don't know how many of those touches those running backs got, you know, may have went to Jalen Waddle. So good point, man. I, I mean, I guess we'll see. But it's just so nice to have now this run game along with the passing game, this balanced offense. I think it was Kay Adams saying that uh, Dolphins are now first in the league in rushing and passing, and no team has ever finished a year, I think, first in rushing and first in passing. Obviously, it's week three, but it's just wild. You know, we were sitting here a little bit uneasy after week one thinking, you know, did Mike McDaniel lie to us about this run game, about committing to it? Absolutely not, man. And what we've seen is, you know, them getting to the outside, using those different orbit motions and things like that to, to run those tosses and use that speed to get to the outside. So I, I would hate to be a defense in this NFL with the way this Dolphins speed and this talented as they are. But um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. I think Devon HN will take a backseat this week to Raheem Mostert, like you mentioned, and maybe not get, you know, a 200 yard game. But then again, we do want to see that JHI back to back. So maybe I'll stand corrected on that. You think he'll be in the backseat, not the third row? No, no, not the third row. I don't know, man. There, there's something to it. He was awesome, and I'm not doubting. I just, I just wonder how Mike McDaniel really works with rookies, especially the injuries kind of lined up right for him to get all those touches. But hey, that's why they played the game so we can figure this stuff out. Joshua, how about a prediction to wrap things up here, Mister Hoots? Uh, the Dolphins are three and zero. Buffalo's looking for that statement win, like I said, to kind of remind everyone, hey, you know, we're still the kings here in the AFC East. We're shooting for a Super Bowl. How you feeling? I mean, I'm feeling, I don't want to tell you how I'm feeling because this is our Dolphins podcast and I'm a bit of a homer and I like to stick to the homers thing. So I'm not going to be negative, but I mean, I do feel a little bit uneasy playing a juggernaut like the Bills, the king of the AFC East right now, but I would love to go up there and take that crown off their head and, and show them. Dolphins are 4-0, baby. You can't touch us. So I'm going to predict the Dolphins win. I got 31-30. That was my prediction, Jake. I guess that might mean uh, Jason Sanders kicks a game winner. You know, they score four touchdowns, he kicks game winner. I don't, I don't know how it goes down, but 31-30 is my prediction and Dude, I don't care how how it gets done. Beat the Bills. I mean, you almost beat him with Skylar Thompson in the playoffs. So just go up there and do it again. Dude, I have such a hard time making a prediction because I don't want Jason and Sanders to be involved in my prediction whatsoever. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Sanders game winner. He could have kicked the field goal for it could have been a three-nothing game, and then they just scored four touchdowns and just worked out that way. But the game winner sounds uh it's more um, you know, your heart's racing, a little bit more exotic of a, a ending. So the Dolphins paid Vic Banjo to be the highest priced defensive coordinator in the league. His 41 years of coaching experience in that defense. You paid Mike McDaniel to be the offensive genius. The Bills paid Sean McDermott to be the defensive genius. I think the Bills don't have that just punch to the face they had for the over the Miami Dolphins in past years. I think the difference maker is going to be touchdowns versus field goals. I could see the Dolphins winning this game. 28 to 20 both teams get to the red zone just four times but the Dolphins paying Mike McDaniel having Tyreek Hill Tua being Tua Jalen Waddle being due for two touchdowns I think that could be the difference here where the Bills you hope just Vic Fangio can do enough make him confused for half a second on a second and seven make it a third and 13 all of a sudden you're looking at three points instead of seven 
that's going to be the difference maker. You're not going to stop the Bills. You got to contain them. Yeah, and this might end up being a shootout, right? Like we've seen before. I think didn't they both score thirty points in both meetings last, or all three? I can't remember. I, I should have all that up, but um, I, yeah, twenty nine points was scored in one of them. I'm, I'm oh, fairly confident. so close. Okay, yeah, I, I don't remember the numbers, but um, I was going to actually change mine and say that it was going to be a twenty four to thirty, and then two was going to get the ball with under two minutes to go, and then drive downfield and score the game winning touchdowns. That sounds better than Jason Sanders, right? <laughs> Dude, I'd love just I'd love to see the fans' faces, Buffalo Bill fan faces of that. I mean that a walk that off, us. walk off touchdown, right? That'd be sick. The the kids are in. The kids are in. That is it. That is all we have for another Dolphins podcast. It is week four. I hope you're enjoying the show. Please, please, please reach out if you have any comments, suggestions, any things you want us to do differently moving forward, because there's no podcast without you guys. So thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. Go Dolphins, hoping for four and all. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.